Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing on this fine day? I'm very good. just want to let people through the uh, Abroad Japan curtains. Just before recording, uh, Chris's um, little cat light he's got in his studio just went off, and then he turned it on and it came back on again. I think, Chris, your studio might be haunted. That's all I'm saying. It was pretty it's weird, very right? Spooky. So yeah. I'm recording in the studio, and if you've seen the Born Japan studio, guys, you'll know there's a Maneki Neko Lucky Cat neon light, and it's um, probably the, the coolest, my favourite neon light in the entire set. But Ooh. I looked over my shoulder, and it just magically switched off, and <laughs> I don't know how it did because I didn't even. I went over and had a look under Pete's supervision, and I found there's a switch <laughs> on the back that you can switch on and off, and it was switched off. But oh, I didn't know you could switch it off. Dear. So how did that happen, Pete? What's I going on? It, I was just very worried that when you went over to touch and fiddle with it, um, you what if there'd been an electrical explosion? You're knocked out. <laughs> I don't know how to... I don't know where you are. I don't know where your studio is. I don't know who to contact. Chris, we need a system. <laughs> I need your address. <laughs> watch me, watch me, my set burn down from eight thousand yeah, miles just away. Slowly, while you having a Burger King burger or whatever it is you're eating right now, that would have been a grim way to die, <laughs> wouldn't it? Under the watchful, disappointing gaze of Pete Donaldson, the greasy and have, gaze, and he would have slowly switched his computer off and gone outside for a walk Cleared down the, the riverbank. Yeah, of course he would. I uh, got my dinner here though. Yeah, I don't know why it switched off though. I've got my dinner. Can you guess what it yeah. is? It's a bag. You got your dinner. Oh, you what have we got? Chris? What do you think it is? What do you think it is? Uh, it's it's a very right, small, thin bag. I can't really see. It looks like uh, dust. Are you eating dust for dinner? Yes, I'm eating a mouthful of asbestos. It's so high in nutritional value. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, fruit and nuts. It's part of my... Fruit and nuts? Well, I want to get fit before I come back to the UK in a few weeks. So I'm eating just fruit and nuts now. <laughs> no well, fried chicken, God, I mean... fruit and nuts. Well, you can't. Well, is it? Are you coming back to the uh, UK, Chris? Because uh, there has been a a, a high, uh, a massively, uh, a massive uh, downturn in how much chicken is available. Fried chicken is available in Japan. I got sent this news story oh, so many yeah. times this week because there's no <laughs> Christmas, there's no Christmas chicken for Chris, so he's coming back home to get some KFC. 
That's right. I don't know why there was like, a, yeah, I got bombarded with messages. Apparently there's a shortage of like fried chicken at Family Mart. Mm. Did you look into why there was? I didn't actually get further than the headline. I was so depressed. Chicken, Once I saw the headline, just I just cried. Fucking. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, should probably read my... The, the the tweet that I retweeted, I'd even read it. Um, that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> that's a bit All right, let's find out. It? We're going on Twitter. <laughs> God, I hate Twitter. Why Twitter? Bloody Twitter. All right. It's uh, Japanese convenience stores are facing a fried chicken shortage. Um, companies around the world worried about chip shortages, not fried chips, but literally computer chips. But in Japan, if you like convenience store fried chicken, add another worry to your list. Family Mart Chicken is running low. Um, apparently, oh. because of the spread of the coronavirus in Thailand, where Family Mart gets its chicken, it's causing supply shortages. So it's the pandemic. Again, screwing us once more, depriving me of the chicken I deserve. Bloody COVID-19. There's no escape from it, mm. is there? God, <laughs> what am I going to do, Pete? But now, I, I'm looking forward to coming back, though. Um, I'm trying to get fit. Yeah. It's not going very well because I haven't seen my f- family and friends. I haven't seen you in in two years now, so I want to make a good mm. impression. Well, it ain't going to happen because uh, I'm not. I just don't <laughs> have the time to eat healthy, and and that's not an exaggeration. When you're on the go like I am, running around with a bloody camera all day or editing in a room, mm. you just don't have time to eat healthy things. Like no, the convenience stores in Japan, it's not easy to get a good salad. You can get a salad. But it's not edible, and you wouldn't want to touch it, right? So you have to eat chicken from Thailand. It's the only thing. Um, I always find so that it's not it's, going uh, well. It's always covered in like uh, the, the the optional, but it's kind of not optional because it's unpalatable. Otherwise, the kind of uh, the drizzly mm. sauce on top of the salad is uh, it's sauce. a little bit much. It's a little bit much. <laughs> the drizzly sauce. The drizzly sauce. <laughs> you know, the salad the sauce? sauce. Do you not have salad sauce where you come from? Salad sauce. You know. I think I'm. Th- I think I'm thinking the word vinaigrette dressing. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's not overly great. It's not overly great. I don't think I've ever had a salad in a convenience store in Japan. And thought yes, this is something I want to experience again. But uh, yeah. But are you looking forward to seeing me? You got your Christmas presents lined up for me. Wait, oh, where's yes. the Christmas present come? Yes, yes. I've got yes. I've, I've, yes. I've not bought a single Christmas present yet, Chris. I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit concerned. Oh, what? It's the twentieth. It's just. It's later than the twentieth, and I'm bloody. I'm in big trouble, Chris. I'm in big trouble. Uh, that's disappointing. Before, I, before <laughs> like years ago, before the pandemic and the end of the world happened, I used to come back to the UK every Christmas, and I would bring you gifts and trinkets and Kit Kats. Trinkets, and I'd be like, "Merry Christmas, Pete," and you'd, I'd be like, "Where's my present?" And then you'd, you'd be like, bring- "Oh, I didn't buy you anything. <laughs> oh, I forgot it." You'd bring and us Kit Kats, and then we'd sit there and both eat them. Outrageous. What is the? Is there any? Has there been any new kind of developments in the whole Kit Kat R and D? Laboratory? I hope not. I'm not going near Kit Kats ever again. <laughs> Sick to death of bloody Kit Kats. Yeah. Um, but no, I'll see what I, I'll see what I can find before I come back. I'll go to the Kit Kat <laughs> chocolatery in Ginza, where you can get like 500 different bloody flavors of Kit Kat. I always get them to like impress friends and family. So I'll do that again, mm. and that will be better than having an original idea for idea, a present. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Turn. <laughs> We've got a story here from Noah this week. He says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. My name's Noah." And I'm from Sydney, Australia, currently living in the weird and wacky Osaka. My email today is to tell a story about a recent and quite disgusting experience I had on the train. Uh-oh. <laughs> it was like any other morning, commuting on the JR line from Osaka Station to my workplace down in Izumi, close to Kansai International Airport. 
at the ridiculously crowded time of seven o'clock in the morning. The train was packed as usual, but on this rare occasion, I was able to find a seat. I settled down for 40, the 40 minute train ride with my headphones on as usual, when suddenly in the crowded space next to the door, I noticed in the corner of my eye some sort of liquid spilling to the ground. At first, I thought maybe someone had spilled a coffee or something, but no, to my shock, a young schoolgirl who looked to be around 15 years old was standing there being sick. Oh God, all over the train, all over the seats and the countless people who were in range. Everybody (laughs) ran away from the scene as soon as possible. When the doors opened at the next station, about half of the carriage was empty. Although I was about two metres away, I did not get any of the sick splashing on me, but I felt rather bad for the poor girl (laughs) and felt the urge to help her. But uh, to save the day, Luckily, came three elderly women with plastic bags and wet wipes to help her off the train at the next station. Um, besides, I don't think a big, tall Australian who barely speaks any Japanese would have helped the situation at all. Anyway, after a 10-minute delay of cleaning the train, we were back on our way with the added perk of a far less crowded train. What's the almost unpleasant experience that you've had on a Japanese train? Cheers and keep up the good work, Noah. Bloody hell, it sounds awful. But it, I, I like the way this, this is like, we talked about this literally last week. If a train is one minute late in Japan, you get a little document from the mm. railway company that you can take into your office to show them, yeah. to prove Vomit that you're late. Because it's, well, it's just so unheard of for a train to be late in Japan. Um, yeah. So presumably, no, uh, maybe some of the people on the train would have got one of these certificates. Because this is, imagine just walking into work that morning and being like, oh, sorry I'm late, the train was late. Because a girl projectile vomited, vomited over the train <laughs> and destroyed it. Uh, you, you know, it, it, I don't know if it would work, but uh, my most <laughs> disgusting experience on a train, uh, oh, that's a tough one. Let me have a think. Any experiences I, on I, your I, end, Pete? I, I knew that uh, uh, the uh, a friend, a fr- it wasn't me, but a friend uh, was on the train with another friend and the other friend uh, did a uh, everyone was kind of rushing onto the tube train as she was kind of like just standing there she'd had a rough night the night mm. before had a long night the night before and she wasn't feeling particularly great about herself um, and suddenly and so everyone piled on the train she vomited everywhere over like oh, several no. people and then just as she finished vomiting the doors closed. <laughs> Everyone oh, no. to go to the next station. <laughs> it was just something. It wasn't particularly funny, but it was just the, the, it was just quite poetic the way that it went. The closing <laughs> doors, please. Let's make this even more unbearable. <laughs> Bloody hell! I don't. I don't think I've ever had an experience like that. You know, I've had people sleep on me on the train in Japan, which is not uncommon when you're in rush hour Tokyo, right? I remember as recently as three weeks ago, I was in Tokyo, and someone on the left of me, a, a woman who must have been in her thirties who'd probably been at a long day working in an office. She just like fell asleep on my left shoulder. And I sort mm. of awkwardly did not know what to do. What are you supposed to do in that situation? <laughs> there was a guy across me on the other side of the carriage sitting there smiling. Uh, he'd look up occasionally and smile because he found this scene funny, presumably. Humorous. But I was like a bit <laughs> awkward. I didn't know what to do. And she'd wake up every now and then periodically, acknowledge the fact she was using my left shoulder as a pillow and then slowly but surely fall asleep once again and just repeat the process. Um, went on for about 20 sweet. minutes. But I was nice. <laughs> you know, I could have gone, what are you fucking doing? What are you doing? And just like thrown her <laughs> off and scared her. But I thought I'll, I'll embrace this ridiculous situation. But it can happen to you. 
could be you. It could happen to you. Situation. Can you imagine? Uh, I was reading. It's, it's not in Japan, but I was reading about this uh, this food uh, live stream. You know, like China, you get like a lot of people just eat loads of yeah, a, yeah. mad food, but b like a lot of food as well. Um, there's a guy Book who got, uh, got Mr. Kang. His name was. He got banned from a a barbecue restaurant. Seafood barbecue restaurant in uh, in Changsha uh, mm, after eating mm. 1.5 kilograms of pork trotters and three and a half to four kilograms of prawns on another visit, and he's basically been banned from going in and eating loads of pig trotters. <laughs> oh my god, why? <laughs> just because he like broke he, he broke the record or something? He just keeps on eating. He, the man cannot <laughs> be satisfied. So I was just thinking, if he gets on the train afterwards with his belly full of oh, pig no. trotters and soy milk. <laughs> I was at um, a Genghis Khan restaurant with Connor uh, about one week ago. We were in Hokkaido um, mm. and we went to a Genghis Khan restaurant because Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan in Japanese, it's like the uh, the local the local dish of Hokkaido. And it's basically mm. lamb, mutton, barbecue. And it's one of my favorite things. Absolutely beautiful. So juicy and so delicious. Lamb's so rare in Japan that uh, it feels like a real treat to actually have it. So we went and mm. did it. We went to a Tabehodai, all you can eat. Uh, and all you can drink as well, uh, Genghis Khan restaurant. And we must have smashed the record for most Genghis Khan ever consumed in that restaurant. Like between the two of us, we had like, it must have been like 25 plates worth of just a pile mm. of lamb. It's quite disgusting when you think about it, how much <laughs> lamb we consumed that day. But it was worth it's it. Delicious. It was Sounds so bloody delicious. good. You, just, you can just imagine going there with like a rugby team or like a soccer team of foreigners <laughs> and obliterating the restaurant and like breaking all the rules or breaking the record. You know, there must be <laughs> like a rule against it. I don't know if we've ever had a story on the subject. We might have had one during the Rugby World Cup two years ago. I think we did have a story where some lads had gone into a all-you-can-drink place and been told they had to stop drinking because they'd broken the, the sort of the, the limit, the unwritten limit. Uh, it wasn't fair to compare the stomachs of like four Australians to four Japanese people. Yeah, that's um, I vaguely true. remember that yeah. story. I have to dig that one out and have another look. We've got a story <laughs> this week about elderly drivers in Japan. Ooh. As I've talked about in the past, um, particularly in a video I did called Driving in Japan, a lot of the accidents that happen here on the road are perpetrated by the elderly, uh, just by virtue of the fact that such a massive proportion of people in Japan are over 65. And mm. following a spate of serious traffic accidents across Japan involving elderly drivers, the government is stepping up countermeasures to promote the spread of vehicles equipped with automatic braking. I remember two years ago as well. It all happened two years ago. Everything good happened two years ago before the <laughs> end of the world. Um, yeah. we had, remember the story where they were giving out coupons to elderly people in, I think, Nagoya uh, or Shikoku to elderly people mm. that gave up their driver's license. That's uh, right, 65. Yeah. You gave up your driver's license and you would get like a free bowl of ramen. And that was a fair trade, <laughs> apparently, it. to giving up your independence for the rest of your life. A bowl of ramen. I mean, you, I mean yeah, I, think, I mean, you either need you either need that car and you want to drive or you don't need to drive it. And, you know, well, I may as well just keep it. I'm not going to, if you're not driving, you're not going to be driving. If you're not interested in driving, you're not going to be driving. <laughs> but if you are interested in driving, a bowl of ramen isn't much of a, uh, isn't much of an exchange, is it really? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um but there's been a, there's been a few like major cases in Japan recently. In 2019, in Ikebukuro, an elderly retired head of the Agency of Industrial Science and Technology, um, quite a big official, caused a car accident that killed a mother and a daughter and injured nine people. And Jeez. it's not uncommon to read about these accidents where someone who's elderly, unfortunately, 
uh, it, it accidentally kills a lot of people or something terrible mm. goes wrong. So countermeasures against accidents by elderly drivers are a pressing issue. And uh, while the government is calling for elderly drivers in Japan to return their licenses, it will require new model cars to be fitted with auto bra- automatic braking systems from this month, um, which I think is a good idea, to be honest. I, Whenever I come back to the UK, I rent a nice car. It's like mm. the thing I do. And I'm coming back in uh, just a few weeks, and I've rented a BMW 3 Series, which yeah. is just fun. You can't get a car like that in Japan. You just feel guilty. You just feel smug and a bit of a dick having a car <laughs> that's not Japanese because it's so rare. So right. I come back and I rent a good car. It could be an Audi, could be a BMW, could be a Mercedes, anything. Um, but I remember when I did it a few years ago, I rented an Audi A6, I think, and it was the most fun I've ever had driving a car, but it had an auto-braking system, which at first it was a little bit annoying. But I remember one time during my month-long stay, I I, I don't know what – I I was – I'd, I'd miss some sort of car just popped out of a road. And mm. if I had had to do it, if I'd had to brake myself, I do think I would have banged into the car just because they came out so quickly and uh, sort of surprised me. But luckily the car's auto braking took over and uh, I was about a yard or so from the car um, and we actually didn't crash. So, like, so, I think auto uh, braking so is really car, good. Uh, so I've never experienced this because my... If I my yeah, rear sensors that lived. beep, well, but my, my rear sensors that beep beep beep, like I uh, when I go backwards, it sometimes gets gets confused with like a a, a wire fence or a tree. Mm. It always just mm. gets a little bit confused. So I'm just sort of thinking that my that I might uh, that it, I don't think mine would. I'd have like a crap version of it, and it would just start to like break all of the time and cause me all kinds of bother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's really good, though. I do think it can save a lot of lives having cars fit with these yeah. devices where it breaks for you because it can break in a way mm. that is far more effective and efficient than a human could ever do yeah. with such faster response times. So I think it's a good well, idea, fitting them in the cars. Yeah, save look, a lot of drive around to South End, we'll go to the arcades, and then we'll just do some <laughs> burn-ups in the, in the, in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not over 75 yet, Pete, so hopefully you can break of your own accord. But, I feel like uh, it this morning. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I've nearly crashed a few times here, but it's it's uh, it's been because of an elderly person like pulling out. I remember one of the few, few one of the few times I've seen Ryotaro angry. We were driving about an hour north of Sendai, and he was we were cruising down the road. He was driving, and an elderly man just pulled out from from a driveway. He right. very badly mistimed it. We didn't see us, and we nearly went straight through the like straight through his car. And it would have been a, an absolute nightmare. Luckily, Ryoto is a relatively good driver, albeit he drives too fast for my liking. And it's a bit like being strapped <laughs> to a rocket driving with Ryoto, but uh, he did stop in time, credit where it's due. But like every time, the, the three or four times I've nearly like had a major accident in Japan, it's always been someone who is elderly, unfortunately. Yeah. So anything they can do here to stop that, whether that's improving public transport, whether that's giving out free ramen <laughs> coupons or fitting <laughs> free ramen every day, I'll take, definitely. Let's do it, free ramen. <laughs> that, that'll be the way to win over Pete Donaldson. When this, Government ramen. The system's <laughs> implemented in the UK. That'll be the way to win Pete uh-huh. over in 30 years. Yeah. But I think it's a good idea, and I think it could save a lot of lives. Um, we'll mm. be back with the fax machine and your questions, guys, in just a moment. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're back with the fax machine. What do we got from our listeners this week, Mr. Donaldson? Dear Chris and Pete, uh, this is from Bobby in Colorado. I loved Colorado. Anyways, uh, my question is, are heavy metal, metalcore, or otherwise extreme music fans prominent in Japanese culture? I don't mean J-Rock. I'm thinking of the really heavy stuff. I've gathered uh, that the people of Japan tend to keep to themselves. Is it uncommon to express unconventional interests, such as band shirts or play heavy music in public spaces or in stores, like we find in the US and UK? I uh, hope you're all well. Regards, Bobby. Now, I don't go in a lot of shops that are playing really loud uh, metal, but a <laughs> uh-huh. bit of cradle of filth in your peacocks. Um, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, in Japan, you don't really, you, you might hear it in like a cool sort of indie shop maybe, but it's it's always, um, it's, it, it, it's only those shops, isn't it? You don't generally yeah. hear them in department stores or anything like that. Um, and and, and you, there are, every major city will have a little bar where everyone who's there uh, is bang into some quite heavy metal, heavier than I could handle, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's always pit. So there's loads of people who are into it. They're just they're just into it on their own terms and in their own bars, effectively. But you don't hear it out in the street. I don't think much, do you? Yeah, it's, it's very much a niche thing here. I'd say it's not mm. as big a, a thing as like the UK or the US. But you know, one of my favourite bars is in Golden Guy in Shinjuku, and it's called Death Match in Hell. I think it's called. <laughs> I'm I'm in there a few years because of the COVID situation, but like. That place, he'd bash out some really heavy metal rock music, and uh, mm. and you you know you sit there going for a drink under the guy under the watchful eye of um, he's got like a puppet Yoda, but yo, it's <laughs> it's really graphic. Like he's got a chopped up arm, 
strapped to the like Yoda's face with a chain, a metal chain. And that is the personification <laughs> of metal, heavy metal music, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, I, I highly recommend it. Deathmatch in Hell, great place, great bar in Shinjuku. I think everyone that passes through Golden Guy knows that bar as well, because the guy is very yeah. welcoming, despite the intimidating uh, artwork <laughs> and, 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 and music <laughs> on the way in. It's a really great place. But uh, that like is the, the extent of my in- knowledge. In my in my favorite bar, bar Rockaholic, which does play a lot of heavy mm. metal, actually, but um, yeah, yeah. they they don't seem to sort of be able to differentiate between. And I've said this before, so apologies if I am and I am repeating myself. Uh, they don't be able, they, they they don't seem to be able to differentiate between quite heavy metal and then Coldplay and then heavy metal. Then Oasis, <laughs> then like they just kind of treat it. You know, you'll hear Spine Shank or I don't know. Uh, trying to think of a heavy metal band. You know, like like a really heavy metal band. They'll just go to yeah, yeah, yeah. yellow, and you're like, "What's this about?" <laughs> it's quite a jar. It's quite a jarring transition. Like jarring, I've, yeah, yeah. One that I've enjoyed many of my times there at Bar Rockaholic <laughs> in Shinjuku. We got one here from Ryan in Montreal, Quebec. Good evening, gentlemen. My name's Ryan uh, from Montreal. There's a large population of homeless people here in Montreal, and I've always wondered what the homeless space is like in Japan. I feel like it's something we don't hear much about. Thank you for your time, guys. All the best, Ryan from Quebec. I um, I Certainly in areas of Tokyo, there is quite a big homeless population. Um, I think the most notable one you'll find is in um, Shinjuku, around the sort of... Mm around Shinjuki Station, around the Skyscraper District. While I've right. never made a video on the subject, um, I do know that uh, Greg from the YouTube channel Life Where I'm From, he's done a, a pretty extensive series on the on the subject, um, far better than I could ever do and far better than anything I've ever seen. And I'd highly recommend checking out that video series because he goes in depth, he covers the stories of people and sort of talks about how and why um, homelessness happens in Japan. Um, it's a really great series. I don't know if you've come across it at all, Pete. Have you ever seen it? I, I, I did see time. one episode on that where he, he talks mm. about the, those very intricate uh, kind of uh, cardboard constructions the homeless guys make in uh, Yogi Park. Because you do see you do see quite a lot of them, um, but they're very much kind of tucked away, to, to like a little sort of village of cardboard boxes. And for a mm. you know metropolitan district, I mean, that is... Uh, insane how few there are I think it's fair to say but uh, yeah it's uh, it's it, it's obviously a problem it's a problem anywhere in the world but uh, yeah that, that, that piece is really really beautifully done and really responsibly done and, and and I think homeless you sort of have this idea about homelessness being you know people live in cardboard boxes and in uh, in old trucks and stuff but I mean the, the people who sort of live in like uh, internet cafes and stuff like that and transient uh, transient uh, people as well it's, it's mm. I think that that's very much under that banner as well um, it is an insidious uh, problem uh, and uh, hopefully hopefully it will uh, it, it will be fixed but um, you do see people kicking around knocking around every now and again not as bad as London not as bad as any other city I've been to to be honest but uh, mm, maybe I'm just not looking mm. in the right places yeah I mean I think one of the issues here in Japan is because it's so expensive to live here, you know, you mm. really do need to rely on your sort of parents and grandparents' support financially. And if you're mm. somehow outside of the family unit, then you're and you're left to your own devices, it can be pretty difficult to um, survive. And uh, mm. yeah, you're, there's a there's a good video I think which you you must have seen, which you kind of just referenced about uh, people that do live in sort of internet cafes in Tokyo. The internet cafe mm. is like a a place where it's pretty cheap accommodation. It's like ten, it's like ten, fifteen dollars a night, right? It's not really a, a hotel as such, but it, people treat it as a hotel. And you go in and you can like pick up a book or something. You get a little 
room that's very much just a sort of chair with a computer or a TV screen. You can sit there and put your legs up and put your feet up and sort of relax. But uh, yeah, a lot of people do live live in them, sadly. Um, I've, I've, I think I've only been in an internet cafe once in my time here. Um, I, they're quite bizarre phenomena, really. Have you ever been in one yourself? You've ever actually walked into one? No, I, it's 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 got those kind of weird sort of shady bookstore, book like book rental, book read, like kind of manga places and internet cafe and all kinds of sort of stuff. Those phone booths mm. and stuff. Yeah, no, it's not really something I've ever sort of got in touch. I've got no business being in there. It, yeah, I mean it's a bit of a niche, but they're they're you know they're pretty common, especially here in Sendai. We've mm. got some really big ones actually a few blocks from here. But uh, I I've just I feel a bit misplaced going in there because I don't read manga and I'm not really sure what you're supposed yeah. to do in there really. But uh, yeah, it's there's a really good video on uh, on people that live in them though, and I definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, we've got one here from Nick. He says, "Hello, caval cavalry, Chris, Pros- prospective Pete, prospective Pete. My name is Nick from Oklahoma." Pete. USA. I currently am attending the university for my civil engineering degree, expected next year. And I had a question related to this regarding Japan. With both of your combined supreme knowledge of all that is Japan, I was curious if you know how specialty degrees or careers in Japan are for foreigners. Would someone who became a doctor, engineer, lawyer, etc., in some other country be able to come to Japan and find any work in their field? Would they be accepted? Do you find, or do you think their knowledge would be sufficient? Um, and would it be an absolute necessity to mass, mass, to master the language first? Turning northern, <laughs> to master the language, <laughs> to master the language. Your friend, Nick. I'd say, uh, yeah, for specialty subjects like that, Japanese will be, like, indispensable. And often yeah. for a lot of these uh, sort of careers in Japan, they have a very certain way of teaching it, sort of Japanese way of teaching it. Um, like doctors mm. in Japan, I feel... They're a little bit different to to how they are in the UK. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I do feel like um, if you do want to do something a specialty, though a specialty sort of career career or degree, you're gonna to need to know the language, unfortunately, uh, because you know if you're building a if you're building a skyscraper in Tokyo and you're having communication issues doing it, then lots of things could go wrong. And uh, I think uh, oh, forgot I'd, to put the I'd, lifts yeah. in. Oh. <laughs> oh dear, exactly. There's no toilets. Oh. So that you know that is a barrier to coming and living in Japan unfortunately same as any country where English isn't the uh, the native language but uh, yeah it's a shame and that's why you don't see that many foreigners in skilled sectors uh sort of non-Japanese in skilled sectors in Japan outside of things like mm. uh, banking where it's more numbers based or IT where there's a sort of universal code um like, like programming code outside of subjects yeah. like that careers like that it is a bit more difficult unfortunately and I right. I can count on like one hand the friends I know working in sort of specialized sectors and most of them usually have have lived here a long time or have, have sort of adopted and learned the language as best they can so that mm. will be a barrier unfortunately Nick um and uh yeah I, I there's not much way around it unfortunately any any I positive I, words I wish I had a skill I wish I had a skill Chris I wish I had an actual you have a skill. nice voice Le- oh, cheers, voice. mate! Yeah, that'll 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 be useful. <laughs> I don't know if it would, I don't know if you'd be a voice actor in Japan, but uh, have you ever thought about like voice acting in an anime? Would that be what hello? You do? That- hello, I'm a man with a big sword. <laughs> I'm gonna chop you, chop, chop, chop. <laughs> so, if oh, any dear. anime creators are listening, uh, that's basically what I can provide. Uh, chop, chop, chop! I'm gonna chop you in the head. Chop, chop, chop! <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> 
probably uh, probably stay away from anime for now, Pete. Celebrated <laughs> Pete, P-Dog VA, uh, celebrated voice actor Pete Donaldson doing another masterclass in voiceovers. Chop, chop. I'm going to chop you in the head. Chop, chop. <laughs> Before you dig your hole any deeper, Pete, let's end yeah. things. Let's get away. Chop, Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week to do it all over again, guys. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week. And we'll see you in the next few days to do it all over again right here on the Abroad Japan podcast. Bye for now. Uh, Nani Kore, it's Chop Man. Chop, 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 chop. That's how I derive on the telly. Chop, 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 chop. Abroad in Japan is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. 